morning, everyone. Good evening. To yet another day. <laughs> that is a day that you will live in the current time. This is falling apart already. Megan is on one side of the world, which is daytime, and I'm on the nighttime side of the world. Divided. That's right. We're in the same room. By a, but divided but by a single time zone. A time zone between one us. One time zone really messed it up, Megan. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was just thinking of as I was trying to start the show? Yeah, what? Um, do you remember, what was the show where the guy got the next day's paper? Oh, or yeah. Or like that morning he got the paper, the for, paper for the day. The paper for the day. Or he got, it's like tomorrow's paper. Yes. And then he would go and try and, and make all the bad stuff it. not yeah. happen. Wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about that forever. Why would you? I don't know. <laughs> There's all I saw was literally the preview. No re- literally no reason was why it you would watch it. Somebody tell no us idea. if it was good. What was it even called? We'll tell you if it was You'll good You'll tweet at us bit. with hashtag tomorrow's paper, which is not the name of the show because that would yes, be a terrible name really for a show. <laughs> uh, but the name of this show, which is not terrible, is Magic the Amateuring. And I'm one of your hosts, Megan. And I'm one of your hosts, Maria. And while we don't get tomorrow's paper, we do get today's magic news. Wow. Thank you. Great intro. That is like our tagline of the show. Can you imagine hearing that tagline with no context? Like, <laughs> why are they even talking they about tomorrow's paper? Tomorrow's paper. What made them? Unknown. Why? Like, why? <laughs> Anyways. If we were a paper... We'd, We'd be, be today. <laughs> I was going to say the funny section. What did you call the comics of section of the paper? You mean as a kid? Yeah. The comics. I called it the funnies. <laughs> I, yeah, that's like a thing, right? Okay, People okay, like called it that. That's I just real. all of a sudden was like, I'm worried that I was the only person who said that. Not at all. Okay, the chuckle ink. Yeah, nobody called it that. <laughs> nobody? Nobody. Okay. <laughs> You used to call the, the chuckling. You used to call the comics section chuckling. Just tweet at MTA cast with the hashtag chuckling. And if you called it humor within a box, you uh, there's you no good so hashtag. Dry. There's no hashtag yeah. for you because you led a sad, sad, dry life. Wow. You're like a piece of toast before butter was invented. Hey everyone, we're not just going to talk about newspapers because that's not what our show is about. No. We're going to talk about the card game Magic the Gathering because that is what the show is about. And the show, which is a show about magic, believe it or not, is brought to us by you. Wait. It's brought to you by you, the yeah. listeners. Uh, those of you who are supporters of the show on Patreon, thank you so much. It means the world to us. Patreon.com slash MTACast is the place to go. You can get all sorts of sweet rewards, stickers, magnets, t-shirts. Wait, we don't do t-shirts anymore. You just got to buy those that on our website. Up. Yeah. Uh, MagicallyAmateuring.com. Uh, Playmats, though. You can get playmats. Yes. They're great, you guys. Um... So head on. I'm, I'm typing in patreon.com slash MTA guess. I misspelled it because I want to do a check in because yeah. last episode we said we were looking to get above 600 patrons <gasps> and we did it. We everybody! Did it. Yay! Yay! We are at 602. <laughs> do you know what? Barely there is still there. It's still there. And that's also a mod of our show, <laughs> to be honest. But the thing Whoa. is, like, well, we're at 602 today, but it's going to fall down again. So yeah. if you if you haven't joined, please help buoy the show and keep us above 600 because that is a fantastic landmark and we can't thank you all enough for becoming patrons buoy is a good word buoy yeah buoy it's not just an option object it's also a verb yeah it's one of those magical words i use it to say that woman was really buoy last night when i was on stage she just kept saying boo maria also, if you go to Patreon, you can submit a question via our Discord chat. Yes. If you are a patron of the show, you have access to our Discord chat. And there is a mailbag section of that. Uh, and we uh, usually have a mailbag section these days where we will grab a handful of qu- questions. I keep, I'm so tired, you guys. I keep thinking of one word and starting to say it and then like Just a letter them. into it realizing that I'm saying the wrong word. I get it. And then saying it. So that's why I keep saying things wrong. Anyways, pull out a handful of letters uh, and try and answer those questions as best we can. So if you are a patron, uh, head on over, leave us a question that we can answer on the show. If you're not a patron, we would so love it if you became one. 
Oh, boy. All right, Megan, you're going to make it through. I really with am. With the power of patrons and the power of Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash MTACast. They're a sponsor of the show and a fantastic sponsor that we are so proud to have as part of our Magic the Amateuring family. If you want to use Card Kingdom, and people tell us, you know, I don't have the money to be a patron, that's totally fine, but I do use your affiliate link on Card Kingdom. Cardkingdom.com slash MTACast is the only way they know that you are supporting us through supporting them. And we have a fabulous little Card Kingdom story to share with you right now from Darlene, who is a fabulous listener of our show, and this is what she said. I wanted to share this story. Last week, I ordered some Ultra Pro, Pro Eclipse sleeves, by the way, which are great. Great sleeves. They're op- opaque, so this set has double-faced cards yeah. or double-sided cards, so you want to check that out. Um, They're so nice to shuffle. And uh, she got the wrong color by mistake. She emailed customer support, and the response was very fast. They let the, her keep the sleeves they sent by mistake and sent the correct ones the same Day, they have wow. quote some of the best customer service i have ever experienced there you go guys that's amazing straight from her experience to your ears yeah carkino.com slash mta cast say you want an mta cast sticker in your order and they'll throw one in as well and uh we highly recommend those eclipse sleeves too those are pretty sweet and you can get them at cardkingdom.com you can get everything you want there except tomorrow's paper tomorrow's paper <laughs> On today's show, we're going to talk to you about nationals. U.S. nationals happened this past weekend. It's also a bunch of nationals around the country. We're going to bring you a couple of sweet draft lessons. Draft lessons. That we picked up. How are you Um, feeling about Ixalan, you know? Yeah. How are you feeling? If you're feeling a little shaky, listen to the show. We're going to give you our hot takes and hot cakes about Ixalan draft. That's right. We'll also talk to you about some new standard decks in a standard corner. Standard corners coming at you. It's just a standard corner. It is, but it's a... a pretty a good, solid center corners. Well, false corners. So I'll give you a couple of updates about Nationals teams around the world because Nationals wasn't just for the title no. of U.S. National Champion. It was also for a place on the World Magic Cup team. So the U.S. and every other country out there now has a World Magic Cup team set. Who will be the people on those teams? We'll tell you some of them soon. Now I want to do like a newspaper, like a Magic the Amateuring like newsletter where it's got our picture and a little byline and we're like, hot off the presses. Tomorrow's <laughs> paper today. Okay. Okay. You guys, tomorrow's paper today TV show is a Google search that other people have made. <laughs> Early, Early edition. edition. Yep. That oh, wow. was it. Okay. It ran for so, a long time. It really did. 1996 to 2000. I mean, that's four years. That's as long as Ugly Betty. (laughs) Um, Okay. That's how I measure things in my life. Oh, this is, it's a television drama series. I would have thought it would have been like a comedy, wouldn't you? I mean, probably some episodes were funny, but yeah, like, I mean, he's doing some serious work here. I know. I guess it seems. Like car accident. Ten people die. He tries to say, you know, stop it. Yeah, I guess so. It just seems like if it was serious every episode, the premise could quickly get tiring. Yeah. But apparently not. Oh, wait. Uh, despite fan efforts to save the show, it was canceled in May 2000. Oh, wow. All well, right. Um, fan conventions about the show were held for multiple years. Really? That's what it All right. says. Okay. Check uh, with us next episode after Megan and I watch an episode of Early Edition. <laughs> he got... We will. We, I'm gonna. Because, like... You want to, right? I'm, inter- I'm interested now. Okay. He, he got the Chicago Sun-Times. It was set in Chicago. Oh. Can you imagine how bad it would be if it, he got the, the newspaper for another city? He's like, oh, Drat. I gotta move there and solve crime in that city. Yeah. Frick. Okay, hold on. I want to read about its ratings. Um, Let's see. I don't know what these are out of. It's like season one, rank number 49. Of how many? Of what? And of what shows? (laughs) It was 1996, so I think there might have only been 50 shows in existence. Wow. Um, That's not true. Well, maybe... I want to know about how it was received. It doesn't tell me how it was received. Megan, maybe all that matters is how you receive it. When, when you I watch, watch it. it. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. we do do updates not only on Magic on the show, as you know, but as uh, we do updates on B to 2D list movie stars. And yeah. maybe we just need to have an update about this show well, next episode. I'm going to watch it. Okay. So. All right. All right, everybody. You have that to look forward to. <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I remember like seeing a commercial for it and being like, oh, that looks good. It says 96% liked this show. Should we watch the the opening titles? 
everyone. Uh, I know that we promised that we were going to start bringing you magic <laughs> news, but I have a brief update. Uh, we did pause the show, yep. uh, recording it, so that we could watch the opening credits and then a clip from early, early edition. edition. 96 credits, to 2000. The credits make no sense to me. There's a dog and a cat. There's and there's like trains there's passing trains. by, and then there's also some clips from the show. Yeah. And then there's like some other characters, as there always are. I don't understand it. I don't know, but... I- what we have sussed out is that this cat brings him the newspaper. We believe that there is a cat that brings him the newspaper yeah. mm-hmm. and that his wife left him yeah. at some point. <laughs> That's all we can discern from the opening credits from and so a clip far. and a weird angel cat. Yes, and that it apparently was a drama as pitched to us by the Wikipedia entry. So there you go. More on wow. that, whether you want it or not, in future episodes. <laughs> Let's talk about nationals, Megan. That's right, Maria. Nationals happened. And uh, as we said at the be- start of the show, see, I started to say beginning, and then my brain was like, switch over to start. At the start of the show. And I was like, you could have just said beginning. Anyways, beginning I like of the Bastard. show. start. As we said at the start of the show. Yeah. Uh, nationals qualifies you. Uh, the winner is the national champion, first of all, and then the top Two, join the team captain, who is the top pro points earner from that country, uh, as the World Magic Cup team this December, which is pretty great. Yeah, so the teams will be going to compete in Nice, France, which I hear is nice this time of year. And uh, they go there and compete for their countries in a mixed format. dare you do that to the city of Nice? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it probably is nice. (laughs) <laughs> they're going to play Team Sealed, and they're going to play Standard. Uh, and what we got to see at the uh, Nationals tournaments, as well as they were waiting to qualify for yeah. Worlds, was a mixed format, too. Did you know that my brother's daughter lives in France? Wait, what? <laughs> my brother's daughter lives in France. Your niece lives in Nice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Really bringing, nice. really bringing you my A game. Your niece lives in Nice? Nice. Uh, and what were you saying? You oh, were talking about how it's multi-format. Yeah, multi-format. Which was really great information to be giving people. You know, it's cool. Like, the World Championship, the World Magic Cup, uh, excuse me, the World Magic Cup is a really unique tournament because there's just nothing like it. Uh, anybody can qualify, really, if you have if you have the number of requisite number of Planeswalker points to compete mm-hmm. in nationals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you go there, teams dress up in team costumes. It's, mm-hmm. you know... It's just a fun event. It's kind of like a fun premiere event for Magic. And uh, we got to see the U.S. team get formed this weekend. That's right. In Maria. Richmond, Virginia. Who is going to be the U.S. World Magic Cup team? All right. Well, here we go. We've got a pretty strong team this year, everybody. So get your American flag waving hands ready because, uh, of course, Reed Duke is the captain. Yep. As the top pro point earner from the U.S. Jerry Thompson. What? Was our runner-up. Recent pro tour winner. Recent pro tour champion. Jerry Thompson, fan favorite, all-around nice guy. Yes. Frickin' donates his trophy. To plan parenthood. Did you say hat wearer? Yeah, he wears hats. He wears hats. Notable hat wearer. Yes. And Oliver Tomajko. Just kidding. Tomiko. Tomiko. God, how can I say his name so wrong? Oliver Tomiko is the third member of the U.S. team who and, was the champion. Yeah, the U.S. national champion. Yeah. The youngest U.S. national champion ever. Really? 17 years 17? old. 17? Yes. Wow. There was another 17-year-old winner, uh, but Oliver wins by like six months. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's he like cool. just turned 17 and the other guy had been 17 for like six months. That's great. Right? All right. So uh, congratulations to all those guys. They're going to kill it over at the World Yeah, Magic that's, a pretty, that's a pretty solid great team. team. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be super exciting. There's also, as we mentioned, so there were three different weekends on which teams could, uh, or which countries could hold their nationals. So we got to watch um, Japan a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Had their had their national championship and then England the weekend after that, so we know some of those teams already. Uh, for instance, uh, we already knew going into it that England's team was Autumn Burchett, yeah. Niels Mala, and Ross Broxup. What British Bro- names? Bro- <laughs> Broxup. Ross Broxup. Uh, and Japan's team was just two crazy. Casual, casual two Hall of Famers. No big deal. Yu Watanabe, Shota Yasuoka, and national champion Kenta Hirane. Uh, that's yeah, holy just cow! Formidable. That's like a terrifying. You're like 
two-thirds likely to play a Hall of Fame magic player when you sit down <laughs> across from their team. Yeah. Um, speaking of, though, we have we have three people who have won pro a tours. pro tour for the Brazilian team. Yeah, the Brazilian team is uh, kind of nuts. Javier Dominguez, of course, we just uh, saw him at the... World- no, that's Spain. Oh, Spain. Who are we talking about? I was talking about Brazil. Oh, Brazil's. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so Brazil is uh, Paulo, Paulo <laughs> Vitor Damodorosa. <laughs> you know, chill, tw- chill 12 Pro Tour top eights in oh, recent boy. win. Um, Lucas Esperberto. Yep. Uh, very recent, again. <laughs> pro Tour champion. Pro Tour champion. Uh, and Carlos Romel. Yeah. Longtime pro. Also, uh, like, in terms of recent Pro Tour finishes, was second... Uh, not that, like, also an approach yeah. this year. Yeah, like, just crazy. Just absolutely. You have, just this season, just this season in that team, two people have won a pro tour and one has come. This is crazy because not every year are these World Magic Cup teams so stacked. Yeah, they're not always this busted. Because, like we said, like, almost anybody can get on these teams if you play well enough at nationals. Yeah. So this is nuts. And like and like I started to say, of course, in Spain, Javier Dominguez is uh, on the team. And that's yeah, just, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Runner-up. Runner-up at uh, the World Championship this yeah. year. Javier Dominguez. So, Megan, I got to ask you, uh, which country are you going to be rooting for at the World Magic Cup? Oh, oh, oh boy. Um, you know what? Like Brazil's team seems great. Yeah. Brazil's definitely a team to beat. Um, but England's team seems great. Like Autumn just had such an, like she had an incredible tournament at the English world magic cup. So like maybe England. All right. Well, y'all know who I'm rooting for. I do it every year. Wales. (laughs) You know, some, they like last year, I think they started out pretty strong. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna gonna back that team as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you should. This you way, know? when they win it, yeah, one day I'll be like, "Hey, one day when they win I it, you can be it. like, I have been supporting them since. <laughs> I can the, remember way back when. Yeah, been so, supporting them forever. But this is this is pretty cool uh, to be able to see and uh, make sure you check this out. Um, <laughs> goodbye, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's plugging the computer in. Um, Fabulous idea. So, yeah, make sure you tune in when the World Magic Cup happens. It'll be pretty cool, and you can cheer on your home country or a country that's not your home but the home in your heart. Whatever you choose, it'll be a really fun tournament. And in deciding who will go to the World Magic Cup, of course, we had the Nationals this past weekend. We want to talk a little bit about what happened there because we got to see more draft happen. Ixalan draft. And we got to see a bigger peak at Ixalan block standard because, like, we saw it at the uh, World Championship, but that was very small field. There's only yes. 24 players. So, like, 24. This time, 601 <laughs> persons. 601 showed up uh, and battled and battled in the U.S. Nationals. Uh, and so, we got to see a whole new swath of standard decks coming our way. All right. So, let's have, uh, why don't you say we have a standard corner? Yeah. just a standard corner just your standard everyday average corner just a regular standard you know run-of-the-mill corner comes together at an edge yep um just like a corner would corners doing as corners do my hat it has three corners three corners has my hat yeah man Uh, so Maria, yes, you, you have also, you've been playing a little standard. I have been, this is kind of, you know, not always my MO, you know, I, it's not, I'm a limited lover. Yeah. (laughs) I only loved a certain number of things and then I've reached my limit. Yeah. 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 And, uh, standard sometimes is not one of them. Um, I usually get into standard if I find a deck that I really enjoy playing, which isn't all the time for me. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's get real. But right now I have a deck that I really do enjoy playing, and um, it's not tier one. I don't have to get real because I already am. <laughs> That's another tagline for this show. Don't get, we don't have to get real. We already are. We already are. Uh, <laughs> please, please tweet at us with the hashtag, hashtag this show. Wait, no. What? <laughs> I don't know what please, you're asking. Wait, please tweet at us yeah. with the hashtag tagline. 
But I want it to be a hashtag and then say hashtag tagline. Oh, you want it to be somebody, they make a tagline for our show. I want you to either, okay. either you can make a new tagline for us. Yeah. Or. Or. Tell us which one of these yeah, you prefer so far. hashtag tagline at MTACast, please. Although I have to say that one of my favorites so far, like what if I just want our tagline to be hashtag vamps vamp dogs <laughs> vamps vamp, by the way thank you everybody thank you everyone who pitched in to answering the question uh do vamps vamp dogs and turns out the answer is they do consensus is yes yeah, they'll vamp a dog anyways they have no scruples you were trying to talk about something substantial please Was I? Okay. don't let me stop you standard uh anyway i've been playing a black white vampire token deck mm-hmm. what you might ask mm-hmm. that wasn't seen at nationals that wasn't no. seen at the world championship and no. you're right it hasn't been seen anywhere really except for in my hands i uh, got this deck list from craig wesco who is a noted magic pro who loves to play white weenie decks which is also mm-hmm. what i love to play and so i always check in with what he's brewing uh, at the start of any new standard season and i i'm testing it out and i think of course it, that it needs tweaking and an adjustment to the meta game based on what we saw this past weekend Mm -hmm. in richmond but it's been a lot of fun what it does is it uses the card legion landing which you know other decks are using esper tokens (laughs) obs on tokens I stole it from Wow. Me. Look, this wow. is vampires thing. They're making a vampire. Why do you think you gotta have everything? Anyway, I'm at, okay. uh, we'll get into it. We'll talk about more about that deck in a second. But uh yeah, it uses Legion's Landing to make you some vamps, uh creating more vamps as the game goes forward, and then mm-hmm. you're just playing like some good value creatures like a Danto Vanguard, which gains indestructible. Legion Conquistador is in this build, and you Ooh. might say to yourself, Why on earth am I playing a two-two for three in my standard deck? Great question. Because sometimes you just want to draw three cards yeah. even if they're all two twos yeah because you've got your little two one that um what is he uh b- b- metallic b- 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 mimic b- metallic mimic which gives your vampires when they enter the battlefield uh plus one plus one counter and you've got the amazing card sanctum seeker which uh can kill your opponents out of absolutely nowhere by draining them with your attacking vampires vona is also in the deck um at your top end so yeah i've been having just a sweet sweet super fun time with this deck and i hope it, it can only get better as yeah. we get, uh, if we get, what is it called? The next Ixalan set. Um, uh, Rivals of Ixalan. Rivals of Ixalan. So I'm super into it and I've just been having a blast. Um, we're going to see two different dance crews <laughs> dance it out. What are they though? Like the merfolk are going to dance off against the dinos? Yeah. It's a merfolk dino dance off. Merfolk dino dance off. I Which mean, is also <laughs> in contender for our tagline. <laughs> we. We did learn that Trample and Haste is just Dance Fever. That's true. That's so, right. So we episode. know Dinos maybe have an advantage going into this. Megan. Rivals of Ixalan Dance Off. If you were playing yes. Standard right now, what deck catches your fanciful eye? Who says I'm not? Okay. You're Anyways. playing. You're playing standard right now. Um, do you know what? I really enjoyed watching the Esper tokens decks. Yeah. So uh, around the world, uh, there were people trying out Abzan tokens at different nationals this weekend. Um, and Abzan tokens makes use of lots of the same token makers that Esper does. Uh, like Hidden Stockpile mm-hmm. is kind of one of your key cards. Uh, and then you also have Anointed Procession and Anointer Priest to help kind of gain you a lot of life. Uh, the Abzan version plays Vraska, so you can make double the nice. Menacee Pirates uh, with Vraska. And, you know, just lots of, like, really good, solid value stuff in there. There's also Fumigates, because yeah. surprisingly, you're, like, totally fine with Fumigating. Because you can just rebuild. Exactly. Uh, and it's pretty, him. really pretty solid uh, against all of the other creature-based decks out there. Uh, so yeah, I think that it's pretty sweet. And then the Esper version plays stuff like Champion of Wits, uh, because sometimes, you know, when you, when you eternalize a Champion of Wits, what you really need is to be eternalizing two Two. Champion of Wits. Or potentially four. Yeah. And just drawing, you know, a one million cards. You don't always need a God Pharaoh's gift with a Champion of Wits. Just saying. You don't always. Uh, And that one also plays Search for Ascanta. Yeah. So I think, you know, those both look really, really pretty cool. Um, There were people saying like uh, the token stacks feel a little bit kind of like a gotcha deck. Like if you if you the field did not come prepared for it, 
then you're going to be able to get in there. Like in New oh, Zealand, yeah, we saw absolutely. two copies in the top eight. Um, here in the U.S., we saw one copy of Abzan tokens in the top eight. Um, and they're pretty cool, but I guess there's still kind of like some questions about like, is this deck going to have real staying power? Sure. Or is it a deck that gets to have like one showy weekend of like no one was ready, but if you know everybody has two copies of Rivers Rebuke in their sideboard now, then your life's going to be a lot tougher. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got to ask yourself how resilient is a deck that relies on enchantments to actually do its thing and have a win condition going to be over the coming weeks as enchantment removal is something that, you know, every set has kind of an abundance. Yeah. Um, so if people start playing a lot of it. You never know. I mean, like tougher. Demystifies a card. Yep. Uh, Appetite for Natural is a card. Yep. Slice and Twain. Slice and Twain is a card. And it draws them a card. I don't know. It was interesting to see these decks. I mean, it was ridiculous. We yeah. uh, had a wonderful tweet from uh, Brian David Marshall that showed a mirror match uh, of some kind of tokens matchup. And it was like yeah. the life totals were 725. Yep. It was ridiculous. Uh, I, that's that's another reason why it's like, okay, this deck looks really cool. I think if I started playing the mirror, I'd just be like, nope. Or I'm done. Yeah, I can't I'm do done. this. You got it. There's some things um, in life that you just can't sit through. <laughs> much to my chagrin. 700 life is Mardu Vehicles is not yet dead. No. Cannot kill that beast. That beast will not stay down. It will not. It crawls back out Ugh. from the grave. It's Jeez. here again. And it, it says, it. you know what? You take my Thraven Inspector. Don't care. Putting in Bomad Courier. Putting in Hazaret. Ugh. Get wrecked. Ugh. Yeah, I'm just bored of that deck, to be honest with you. So you know what? If you play Mardu Vehicles, <laughs> I can't forgive you. Uh, if you play Mono Red, I can't forgive you. What? Mono Red's like, uh, Mono Red, speaking of decks, is yeah. on the downswing a little bit. It kind of is. People had a kind of a rough time with it at Nationals, which was tough for them because, you know, the tokens feel like they have a pretty good matchup against it. They have so many ways to gain life. They have just like lots of ways Infinite to block with two ones. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, so you're, you know, your Kenra gets in this one time, but next turn, like I have a one, one that was essentially yeah. free for me. That's going to block that all day. And I got um, a scry. Exactly. And like trade so favorably. It's going to be great. So, and it's not, you know, it's, it's always been kind of a toss up when it comes to uh team or energy. Um, that's, you know, it's a very, I think we've seen a lot of cases where it's very close uh, between those two decks, but yeah. team or energy is kind of considered to be a little bit favored too. And with that being so much of the field, Raiden Munap Reds having a little bit of a tough time right now. Yeah, we also saw Sultai Energy um, making a play for it this past weekend. Oh, yeah. Which is just basically the shell of a team or energy deck, but you get to play mm -hmm. the card Scarab God. Which and Hostage, Hostage Taker. Hostage Taker as well. I hate the Scarab God. There's my, there's my hot take. How dare you? I hate it so much. I just How ripped the cord you? over my headphones. Hold on. I got to plug it back in. Yeah, wow. I, I um. I, uh, wow, Maria I really hates it. I can't. She's pulling I, the world apart over here. I don't even know if I put it on the right ears. Okay, I did. Yeah, I, I, I just see it and I'm like, this card is absurd. It is absurd. It's great. It's a 5-5. Five, five. It can't die. Oh, it can just bring stuff back from the grave. Not only your graveyard. You don't even have to work. Everybody's you can graveyard. You my graveyard. There's all the graveyards the out audacity, there. The audacity. The audacity of a bug to come into my graveyard and dig up my bodies. How dare you, bug? How dare you? I prefer to be called a beetle. How dare you, you dung beetle, scarab god. You you heard it here from my mouth. Wow. Why don't you crawl back into the rat trap you came from? Well, actually, technically, it came from Amonkhet, and there was like a oh, whole yeah. like necropolis outside of the gates, and that's where it came from. Why don't you crawl back to that necropolis outside of the gates on Amonkhet you came from? I bet you like living go. in a poop and a dung pile, beetle. Well, we all know how Maria feels about the Scarab God. <sighs> Thank you. Uh, there were also chest. some some counters variety of like Sultai that I saw that were more oh, about yeah. um, mm -hmm. winding constrictors and like Rishkar Pima Renegades and walking ballistas and that sort of thing. Yeah. So a little bit more old school. And then they had stuff like um, Blossoming Defense so that they could Ooh. play a hostage taker. And then if you, they try and kill it, you can or Blossoming bringer Defense. It. Exactly. Boop. Which is uh, which is pretty cool. Question. You still haven't answered my question of what That's you would question. play. Ooh. Do you know what? Now that we just talked about it, like, so I feel like Esper tokens is something I definitely want to try. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. And then after that, I probably want to try this Sultai counters deck. Sure. I mean, then blue black control is still around as well, which. 
Maria, can you're, I, you're done with. Can I tell you? That's. Do you that know what? Look I'm not done face. with it. Okay. I'm not done with it at all. Okay. I'll never be truly done with control. Just like you can never truly <clears throat> be done with a pint of ice cream. Well, what 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 about when the ice cream's done? Do, do you know what? It still lingers on in memory. Yeah, that's um, true. Because can you ever really forget a pint of ice cream that you ate? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I know. I remember every pint you of ice cream. You remember every single one you ever ate? Every pint of ice cream I've ever eaten. Wow. It's stored up. It's like it's those people have photographic uh, memories that go back forever, you know? Yeah, exactly. It is exactly like that. It is every bit as useful. <laughs> Remembering every pint of ice cream you ever had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, we it was interesting to see some new diversity enter standard. Wait, I want to tell you about a wild deck. Ooh, yeah, let's hear it. This was a real outlier. The this, wilder, the better. This deck came in 10th. Okay. Uh, Adam Bielkowski's red-white approach. Wait, wait, wait. I thought approach of the second set was blue-white deck. That's right. It is. Uh, one of those was in the semifinals. Yep. So that deck's still around. This is Red White Approach of the Second Suns deck. This is bizarre. This deck is real weird, but the my favorite part of it... Four copies of Sunbird's Invocation. What? Five in a red for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a spell from your hand, reveal the top X cards of your library, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. You may cast a card revealed this way with converted mana cost X or less without paying its mana cost. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay. That's pretty great. I mean, so if, if you're you just going to find it. If you see another copy of it, yeah, you cast it. That's craziness. Right? So this deck got 10th? Yeah. Cool. We never saw it on camera. What a shame. It's really neat. Uh, it, it seems like it maybe still needs like some shaping. Sure. There's some real random one-ofs, like a one-of Oketra. Uh, a one-of a one of Magma Spray and a one-of Lightning Strike. You know, some stuff where you're bizarre. like, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah. Huatli. You get some. Yeah, one Huatli. But you get, uh, wait, why isn't Huatli under Planeswalkers? I don't know, because you also have Chandra and Gideon. Legendary Planeswalker is a sub- separate subtype in this list for some reason. Oh. But you can check out these deck lists, oh, by the yeah, way, yeah, yeah. on uh, dailymtg.com yeah. um, and the coverage archive. So events, coverage archive. And uh, check out these deck lists because this one is kind of cool. Real wild. Real, real wild. wild. Get out there and make some wild decks, you crazy cats. <laughs> Because standard's still evolving. Like, this format is still very new, and the Pro Tour is coming up, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, so if you head out to FNM or if you just want to dink around on Magic Online or whatever, you know, let us know if you find anything cool uh, or if you want to help improve my uh, Black-White Vampires deck, which, you know, I'm thinking about putting in uh, Vraska's Contempt uh, because my deck loses pretty hard to scare about sometimes, and um, yeah. it's driving me a little nuts, so... As you can tell from now my... Now I understand why my, you hate it so My much. aforementioned rant. Now I get it. <laughs> I hate you, you beetle. <laughs> you freaking beetle, why aren't you just a car? What? Time to talk more magic. Ha, huh, I'm ready. <laughs> can you tell that we just traveled all day and here we are now back in the studio? Not at all, yes. I bet. I didn't come directly Ooh, from the airport. No. After traveling for the last six hours. But guess what? It's time to talk about draft. Guess what? Also. What? Nah, nothing. <laughs> Thought you were going to hit me with another fact about your niece. No. Yeah. Ixlon draft, by the way. Uh, we're still so new in this format. Or even though early edition. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah. What we, was that guy's name again? You looked it up. There, it's, it's oh, on yeah, that yeah, tab. Yeah. Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler is the main actor in early edition. What else is he in? Let's find out. Go to his IMDb. What about his Wikipedia? He is born in Buffalo, New York. Wow. Okay, great trivia. Zero Dark Thirty, Wolf of Wall Street, Manchester by the Sea. Wow. Friday Night Lights. Oh my God. He's he's Coach Taylor. Oh wow. <laughs> Coach Taylor's great. I don't. I've never seen Friday Night Lights. Maria, admission. You're missing out. Friday Night Lights is how it progressively gets less and less and less about football. And more and more and more about what? You know, just pogs. (laughs) 
Yeah, yes, it's actually all about how a football team goes from being football players to Pogs players. Oh, I would watch the heck out of that. <laughs> He's great. How did I not realize that right away? We're seeing an ad, by the way, on this IMDb page for a movie called Human Flow, which... That looks bad. ...was definitely named by a man. <laughs> What it the looks heck? so weird. <laughs> what is it about? I can't tell anything about it by I don't this. I don't know. Maybe. Remember when there was that movie about how you could tell if two people were going to fall in love by their eyes, like the pattern in their eyes? No. Okay, that's something else we have to Google because <laughs> I just remembered that that was a movie. I saw a preview for it and it was like, this man put this woman's eyes on a billboard because he knew... And it was like, oh, boy, what are you looking okay. up? I was looking up the director of the film Human, Human Flow, I Way Way, because it sounded familiar. But I can't figure out where I recognize him from. Okay, so what okay. are we Googling so now? So type in, we're okay. going to get to draft in a second, everybody, but this is important. <sighs> type in I Pattern Love Movie. I Pattern Love Movie. I, I Origins. origins. Uh, oh my god. Okay, let's see. We're gonna read you the synopsis of this. It's a 2014 American science fiction drama film. Uh, this is not it's giving me enough. Okay, PhD student is rev- researching the evolution of human eyes with Karen, his first year lab assistant, and Kenny. <laughs> Kenny gets, Kenny no, gets descri- no description. <laughs> no description. Oh man. Okay. At a Halloween party, he has an encounter with Sophie, who is wearing a mask. He photographs her eyes, and they go to the washroom to have sex. Abruptly, what? she leaves. Whoa! This? this movie's getting steamy. <laughs> uh, Ian continues thinking about her. One day, synchronicities seem to mysteriously guide him to a billboard displaying what he recognizes to be Sophie's eyes. Eventually, he sees her on a train. <laughs> what? <laughs> They begin a relationship, although his rationalism clashes with her face spirituality. One day they agree to marry. They are told they need to wait a day for a license, and Ian gets a call from Karen at the lab. There has been a breakthrough in their research. She has found a blind worm with the DNA to develop an eye. Ian takes Sophie to the lab with him. Sophie is upset by the research they're crap. doing, and Karen leaves. Oh. Sophie kisses Ian and knocks over a bottle for you guys. This is just so good. Ronaldo's flashing his eyes. They call Karen, who helps him to the eyewash station and bandages his eyes, and Sophie takes him home. Then the elevator in Sophie's apartment building stops between floors. As they try to climb out, the elevator starts to move again. Ian thought he had pulled her out in time, but it was too late. Sophie just dies in a in weird elevator accident. Elevator accident. Ian goes into a depression, and Karen continues their research. One night, Karen brings him a meal at his home. He begins to cry, and she hugs him. They begin to kiss. What? What is going on in this movie? Fast forward seven years. Ian has written a book about the evolution of the eye that further debunks creationism. Ian and Karen are now married, and Karen is pregnant. When their baby is born, the hospital takes an iris scan of him. What? The results are entered in the database, and the program identifies the baby as a certain Paul Edgar Derry. (laughs) What What? is going on? The nurse (gasps) re-enters the results, and the problem disappears. So they say that the baby has some other person's person's eyes. eyes. (gasps) Okay. Sophie's. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? A few months later, the doctor calls, claiming that a test of the baby's urine may indicate an elevated risk of autism and recommends a further test. But Ian and Karen become suspicious during this test and decide to investigate Dr. Simmons. They find out that she is, in fact, one of the few people with full access to Iris Scan database. Ian tracks some pictures from this test to Idaho, where he stumbles to the family of Paul Edgar Derry, who apparently died just before their baby was conceived. Ian's former <gasps> research partner, Kenny. Holy Kenny crap. comes back Kenny's into it. Back. Kenny's back. Is the creator of the Iris database. He helps Ian and Karen run some photos of deceased people's eyes to the database to see if there are any recent matches. They get a hit for Sophie, whose Iris scan matches one made in India just three months prior, years after That's Sophie's death. That's what this death. movie is. Their eyes, like, reborn in people. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. So, um, this movie is messed up. This is really, what made you think of this? I don't know. 
I have I can't remember what we were talking about, but I remember seeing a preview for it and just being like, this looks like some hot BS. And now reading through this synopsis, I, I it is confirmed. It sounds like some this real is hot some BS. Real nonsense. This is hardcore great. nonsense. This is great. So bad. This like is so, if you pitch, so like we do bad. movie pitches a lot yeah. for new sets, and I would never pitch you this movie because this is terrible. You would pitch, <laughs> you would pitch me this movie. Or I would pitch you this movie. I unplugged my headphones again. I laughed too hard. Oh. I Origins. If you've seen this movie, please tell us how it was using the hashtag what at MTA cast. Please. Are you reading the ending right now? Yeah, I am. Okay. Ian goes to India to find the subject of the scan. There he finds Priya, the head Spoilers. of the community center where the iris scan was made. Priya recognizes Sophie's eyes as those of a girl she knows named Salamina and agrees to help. Ian and Priya begin searching for Salamina, who is an orphan and seems to have disappeared into the crowds of the city. He puts up a billboard uh, of her eyes, offering a cash reward. Uh, weeks later, he comes across a little girl staring at the billboard. It's Salamina. He takes her back to his hotel and contacts Karen over Skype. The two of them conduct a simple test designed to reveal if Salamina might be somehow linked with Sophie. At first, Salamina is uncannily accurate, but in the end, her results are within the probable range of random chance. Karen asks him how he feels about this, and he says he feels foolish. Ian then leaves the hotel room with Salamina to take her to Priya, but when they reach the elevator, Salamina panics and throws herself into his arms. They cling to each other, crying, and he picks her up and takes her down the stairs instead. Whoa. So it's about reincarnation. Weird. No way. Weird. Because it makes sense. If you're reincarnated, like, you're completely different, except your eyeballs. Obviously, yeah. but also they shared memories. That's why she didn't like the elevator. Yeah, or the uh, no, yeah, the yeah, the elevator. Wow. <laughs> Real weird. Oh boy. Oh man. Well, okay. All right. I it won the Alfred P. Sloan Prize. Did it at Sundance Film Festival? Okay. Uh, well, I mean, let's see. you know, give it a chance. Let's see. Rotten Tomatoes has 53%. All right. The message is both micro and macro, says one reviewer. All right. So this may have been one of, uh, in the history of MTA tangents, this might be one of the longest we've ever gone on. (laughs) But boy, are you glad it happened. What a journey we've been on. We really have. All right. Anyway, Uh, what were we talking about? Draft. Ixalan draft. We were talking about Coach Taylor. <laughs> no, we got to get back on track. This train only goes one direction. It really does. And that's Let's to draft town. Get back on this train. Go to draft town. We got to see uh, players draft in Ixalan <laughs> yep. at U.S. Nationals. And this is the this is the thing. This was a scuttlebutt. Yeah. Before and like at the first day nationals, which was, yes. hey, Ixlon is done. So we figured it out. Okay. Merfolk, best deck. Everybody else, shut up. Uh, but, you have to be aggressive. You have to be the only, like, it the only Merfolk a lot drafter. of people. Either that or be red, white, be red, black. You can be vamp terrors too, but you just want to smash, smash, smash. Vamp-tires. You want to be fast. Stay, <laughs> stay in your lane. Don't look left. Don't look right. And uh, draft the tribes. But here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, we found people doing n- definitely not that yeah. uh, at nationals. It's kind of fun to see people stepping outside the boundaries of the tribes of Vixalon and drafting like us. Uh, we saw a green black deck that Ooh. was drafted, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Somebody drafted blue white. Um, yeah. We saw uh, Jerry Thompson was my favorite draft deck of the whole weekend. Yeah. And he actually drafted blue black pirates. Yeah. Um, but he sideboarded. He had a completely unique sideboard plan, which involved setting in cards like Angoth's Marauders. Pirates. Uh, pirate in his pirate sex completely played off his treasure, I believe. Maybe one mountain, I'm not sure. And uh, Admiral Beckett Brass throwing mm-hmm. that in there. So if you want to go back and watch some sweet magic, uh, you can check out Jerry Thompson's draft matches. That was on day two. On day two. But those were great. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, don't count your chickens before they've pirated up, because like this set still has a lot of room for exploration. That's my opinion. <laughs> and I think that it's great. What you can have explore lots? <laughs> like that green black, like it doesn't have yeah. a support type, but guess what? It does have explore. 
It really does. And lurking chupacabras. Luca chupacabra. Oh, so uh, we had talked about this a little bit oh, like over the weekend, just you and I. Yeah. Um, so I watched Brad Nelson draft on um, Saturday towards the end of the day. And we were both like, as he was drafting it, I was looking at it. Like afterwards, he, was, he wasn't happy no. with the draft. He was not thrilled with it. Um, and we were talking about it a little bit. And he's like, but I also didn't see like no, what else. No, this is day else. two. This is a Sunday draft. I'm talking, but I'm talking about Saturday. Oh, you're talking Saturday. Yeah. Okay. This is one on Saturday where he was like, but I didn't know what else I should have been doing really. Like, like, and I was like, yeah, like I, I didn't see him passing great cards. Right? Sure. Like I sure. agree that he was generally taking the really strong cards out of the pack, but it was just, there weren't strong, a lot of strong cards. There were just packs full of very weak cards. And I was like, this is weird. Um, and then he he started talking about how when uh, what he felt like what had happened or what was possible to have happened was that people were taking uh, early removal very early yeah. in colors that they then later abandoned. So it mm-hmm. even like that went so far as to form part of his draft strategy is thinking if people are drafting in this way that I think that they are, which is that a lot of the very good removal in the set is going to be on the sidelines. Like what do what else should I do then? I'm yep. just gonna have a high creature count. He played like Auras. two jungle delvers and like a crash the ramparts and stuff like that, where it's like he's going a little bit more all in because he was reading and it's not even a color signal. Yeah. He was just that's so reading cool. this idea of the draft of like this is what it feels like has happened in this draft. And I was like, that's so cool. I've never even thought about that before. Yeah, we're moving beyond colors and we're moving beyond synergies and we're entering into just like because of what I assume the people at the table are doing, I'm going to adapt and do something different that yeah. has nothing to do with either of those other things, really. Yeah. And so even though, like you said, like that draft deck was just like it had like a waker of the wilds like that card's great. Yeah. Um, but besides that, you know, like he was playing like two jungle delvers, but he ended up going two one with that deck because it was like he he did read it right. Yeah. And it's like he could go in and he could make. I saw him like I saw jungle delvers with like eight or nine counters on them. Yeah. Get in really there, cool. delver. Yeah, Yeah. And I mean just overall for you what have you been liking the most to draft in Ixalan thus far oh man i love drafting treasures <laughs> i love treasures decks yeah there was uh there was a player on who went undefeated on day one who told me that he drafted a revel and riches deck yeah he said he drafted esper treasures and i was like Woo! wow that's awesome. Get it, buddy. Um, but I just mean like the kinds where it's like, oh, I'm like primarily blue, black or whatever, but I have enough treasures that I'm going to splash some, some fun stuff. Yeah. Treasure, you know. Treasures. Best mana fixing around. Treasures. Treasures. And I'm still yeah. hot on the vampires deck. Uh, it's my favorite deck in mm. both standard and draft right now. Um, Maria's all about those vamps. I love vamping and I will vamp a dog. Here I'm here to say it. Wow. I'll also vamp a cat. Probably going to vamp both my cats if I end up vamped myself. If you were vamped, you would vamp your cats. Yes. Okay. Because, Fair enough. you know, I don't, I don't just want to go on living forever without my cat friends. Oh, you know, that's gonna get cute. Vamped. Um, but I think it's a good deck because, you know, it's not insanely uh, aggressive, but what it can do is it has a lot of good tools. Like it's got the best removal mm-hmm. in black. You've got Vanquish the Weak, which kills things like Grazing Whiptail and Shining Aerosaur, which is just like amazing targets for that card. It's got Contract Bellowing Killing. Bellowing Aegisaur. Yeah, Bellowing Aegisaur. Aegisaur, however the heck Aegisaur. you say it. Um, you get really good cards that are like really quality two drops like a danto vanguard or bishop soldier and then you get super sweet rares like sanctum seeker and of course vona and mythic and uh you get really good flyers too like sky march bloodletter yeah is a great, great card and skyblade of the legion along with a common a common who i just hope to love forever anointed deacon yeah which i think should be it feels like an uncommon every time i play it and i uh, I agree, it does have an uncommon feel to it. You have an uncommon (laughs) feel. Thank you. (laughs) I like to think that I do. Yeah, but that's a look at uh, Ixalan Draft, just where we're at right now in the format. Keep experimenting out there, and uh, 
you can watch our YouTube video where we kind of take a deeper dive on Ixalan draft and how to draft it. Like if you're like, I'm having trouble, you know, figuring out what I should play in Merfolk or I'm having trouble when I'm playing red, white, and I want to get aggressive what I should do. You can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash MTACast. Later this week, that video will be up and you can uh, learn how to draft. If you hit the subscribe button, you'll be notified when we post it. Patreon's uh, subscribers are also notified, by the way, when we post this stuff. So not only do you get to support what you love, but you get like, you know, more interaction with uh, with good stuff in your mailbox. Can I tell you something in retrospect? Sure. Um, I am, like, mildly embarrassed that we recapped the entire plot of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too late now. It really is. I cannot edit the show. It, it, it just exists out it's there in the wild. Forever. And there it is. It's going to be on the internet. We just read through the entire plot. We really did. We did. Oh, God. <laughs> You're just, like, filled with regret. It's time for Flavor Text Theater. Yeah. And in honor of how tired we are. Yep. And what we've primarily, let's be honest, been talking about this episode. Yeah. Uh, we're going to play movie pitches, except all of these either have to be TV follow-ups to early edition or the film sequels to iOrchid. So they have to be related in they some way. They have to be related in some way. So we're going to crack to this each pack. of those things. Um, and this pack comes from Ben and Brady, Yay. who I met at GP Providence. Um, and and Ben said that this was his favorite, like, movie pitches was his favorite flavor text. Okay. So as is our style, we're now going to completely <laughs> bastardize something that someone else <laughs> likes. Let's just ruin it. Drag it through the mud. MTA cast, let's just ruin it. <laughs> That's the best one so far. Remember to send them in hashtag taglines. Oh my gosh. If you're not on Twitter, by the way, you should get on Twitter for magic. If That's the only reason I'm on Twitter. Oh man, we have, look, we have a search for his Kanta oh, as a rare. Holy crap. These are going in our drawing, by the way. Yeah. Which we'll draw for. Uh, we'll have that sweet rare. At the end for a patron. Search for his Kanta, by the way, is a sequel to I Origin. <laughs> Where, um, yeah, it is. like it's, it's oh. the story of, you know, Kenny, who we didn't Kenny, hear all that, didn't much really about. Learn that much about, um, you. Kenny's, uh, partner was named as Kanta. Oh, um, and, and she when, died when and he needs Kanta to find her new eyes. passed away, yeah, uh, he, he went looking for, he was persuaded by the other dude's story. He was like, I'm going to go find as Kanta. So that's, you know, it's so weird. Like how does, you know, what was his new wife's name? Like how does she Karen. feel? How does Karen feel about all this? Oh, remember, like Karen was the other doctor, though. Yeah, I guess like researcher. she's into like finding out this major medical breakthrough, but also like he's like, oh, this is my lover who I met at a party, and now it's reborn in a, a small girl. It's weird. Anyway, I've got a sequel, yeah. uh, TV sequel to um, early edition. Um, which is basically when he decides that basically what am I? I'm friggin' Superman because I'm going all over the city, solving crimes, stopping the bad guys. Um, and he wears, he starts to wear a cape and, uh, tiny Mm -hmm. Superman underwears everywhere he goes. Uh, And it's basically just if he had more hubris vanquish the week. (laughs) Um, okay. So this one is also a follow up to early edition. Okay. Um, except that he, uh, he eventually starts getting maritime news. <laughs> what does that mean? It's, you know, it's like the uh, newspaper published by the, the Navy. Um, and he realizes that he has to go be on a boat. But also he gets the firefighter weekly a week early. Um, and so he's trying to, you know, like juggle both of those. Oh and as he's trying to juggle both of those, he kind of goes, he kind of goes crazy. Um, he goes crazy trying to handle all of these things and he obviously can't prevent all of them. So it like yeah. drives him mad knowing that he had to make choices and because of the choices that he made, some people were saved, but some people were not saved. Yeah. Um, and Tough so road. he just decides to eventually just, uh, become an arsonist. <laughs> He just basically becomes the he Joker. Goes crazy. He, he yes, becomes he basically Joker. becomes the Joker. It's called Stormfleet Pyromancer. <laughs> this is a sequel to Eye Origins, in which uh, they discover a new, unique eye pattern that looks like a flower in the eye, and they realize that the only people who have the flower eye part- pattern have been uh, have become great uh, royalty in the world. So they like exhume uh, Queen Elizabeth's 
corpse, and uh, her eyes have long since dissolved, but wow. there have been two jewels placed on her eye with flowers in them, so they're like, oh my god, it's true. And they <laughs> they like look past at old paintings, and they're like, oh, look, you can see the flowers in the eyes, and this proves that they're royalty. What's going on, Blossom Dry? <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, so here's this one is um, a sequel to Eye Origins, where uh, people have decided that um, what they can do is it's a it's a new subset of the science where they're like, oh, if we if we get the eyes, we can actually recreate your loved one. Whoa! Um, but this is some black mirror. But for crap. that, you need to take out the like you need to take the eyes oh! of the person who now has them. What? Why would you want to read their? Um, and so, but I'm saying like they can make, you know how it's like Sophie's eyes are now in, in the little girl. Oh, you can make a like, new one. If, if he were like, you take out her eyes and you can <gasps> put it in a new body and it's Sophie again. <laughs> and so it's about, a, it's about like these terrible bandits who go around being like, I'll steal those eyes for a price yeah, for you. Yeah, this is Black, this is black yeah, Mirror episode. Uh, swashbuckling. Oh my God, terrifying. Okay, this is a sequel to your Maritime sequel of Early <laughs> okay. Edition. Okay. And what happens is he <laughs> he recruits a gang of Early Edition readers and he's, he like lets a secret out and they uh, hit, hit the high seas uh-huh. because there's been an influx of sea crime uh, in this city. <laughs> and they... <laughs> Are on their little dinghies. That's why he needs the maritime news. Yeah. <laughs> They're on their little dinghies in the water, getting ready to stop sea bandits. And uh, it's called Headwater Centuries. <laughs> MGA cast. Let's ruin it. <laughs> I mean, we're doing a pretty good job of that right now. All right. This one is a sequel oh, to I Origin. God. <laughs> where where um, you don't realize it's a sequel at first. It seems unrelated. It's about, um, it's about a baby who's kidnapped. Uh, as uh, and it's a baby that was born the day after um, the the grandmother in that same family had passed away. Okay. When the baby was born, the mother was like, "Oh my goodness, they like she has uh, she has her grandmother's eyes." Oh yeah. Um, but then the baby is kidnapped as a baby, uh, and so eventually, like years later, uh, they f- they find her again, and obviously they have a very difficult time proving it. But it definitely, it eventually comes down to she has the grandmother's eyes. Oh, man. Um, and it's called Nest Robber. <laughs> this one is a sequel to Early Edition in which he goes on a caper. So this is like a movie. Um, <laughs> yep. It's a fun, like, fun romp Christmas caper special. And he goes and he's got a, he finds in the, in the newspaper in the Early Edition that a famous artifact has been stolen uh-huh. uh, from the museum. And uh-huh. he's got to go find it. And he's like, I'm going to stop the theft before it happens. But he gets there and he realizes it has already happened. And so he's like, well, my Early Edition wasn't early enough. So somebody had gotten an earlier edition than his Early Edition. <laughs> And had thwarted his early edition attempt to stop the robbery by starting the robbery one day earlier than his early attempt to stop it. Wow. Anyway, what it was was a famous sword. And um, and eventually it all works out and he's able to get it. And uh, the second he puts his hand on it, uh, he realizes that he will never get another early edition ever again. Wow. And he he has to make the decision if does he keep this and like never see early editions ever again and live a normal life or does he give it back to the museum? And uh, keep getting those early editions. I mean, the museum doesn't need a sword. Pirates Cutlass. Find <laughs> another one. That's got to be one of the episodes, though, right? Yeah. Or somebody at least at least another person has an early edition, something yeah. like that. Um, yeah. This is a sequel to early edition. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it. It's so it's this so is dumb. The dumbest game we've ever played. <laughs> Um, and I, I will, I will grant you that there's, let's say, I don't even know how the show ends, but he's gone into retirement or whatever. It's one of those, like, I'll come out and do one last caper, except it's one last saving, um, because the, the, the Catholic church has a info that someone's trying to do in the Pope. They're really worried and they're like, the Pope is, they know it's happening in Chicago, like where the plan is. And they're like, you need to get one more early edition and save the Pope. Wow. Um, And it turns out that it's like another member of the clergy is trying to do them and, you know, it's anointed deacon. (laughs) This is a sequel to I Origins in which uh, people have adapted this technology. So I Origins has gone deep by this time. Like this is a whole Mm -hmm. established Mm -hmm. 
um, kind of like ethos and uh, series of novelizations and canons mm-hmm. and whatever. Anyway, what's happening is that people have got their hands on the iris scanning technology and have figured out how they can predict when and where somebody will be reborn, essentially, with the eyes. Wow. And what they have done is they figured out how to speed that process up and get that person reborn. And so, of course, they're evil. Wow. And they're going to yeah, re- re- they rebirth all of the history's greatest evil people. Wow. And okay. um, they are essentially trying to shape the destruction of the earth through the the second coming of history's greatest monsters, storm sculptors. Oh, that's, that's actually great. <laughs> that's, <laughs> now that we're getting that's deep great. into this I origin stuff, I'm like, yeah, all right, Why? I'm in, I'm in it. <laughs> Why the heck not? Okay, so this is a sequel to I Origin. <laughs> it's getting harder. Um, which explains so um the the person who the person who had passed away was uh in their in their lifetime like a, a huge philanthropist and just donated like every every bit of their time and their money that they could yeah. to good causes. Um, and, you know, people, people, when they passed away, like really looked up to them. Yeah. Um, and they were like this, you know, roundly, roundly acknowledged this really wonderful person. And some of the people closest to them were like, I don't know if they were ever trying to make up for something that they did in their past or what. Um, and, and sure enough, when the, when the uh, person, when the eyes reappear on someone else, it's on, uh, it's on, you know, someone who as in their, in their younger years, you know, all the way through their twenties is having like, is, is doing some really messed up stuff. Yeah. Like they're just being generally horrible. They're, they're angry. They're, uh, you know, mad at the world and they're just doing everything that they can to pull it apart. Um, and it comes down to, there's the people who look at these eyes and they say, we know that this was a person who became a great, great philanthropist, but we didn't know anything about them before that. So <laughs> do we have to, do we have to like, basically they're like, do we let this person like ride out being horrible in the hope that they'll become good? Whoa. Uh, and a, or this is you know what that is? What? Say say what it is. Ruthless Nave. This is that reminds me of a This American Life, one of their most famous stories, which was recreated in the This American Life TV documentary series, uh-huh. which was called Chance or Second Chance. And it was about um I don't want I wanna say it was like a bull or or a horse or something like that. Uh-huh. And uh they had it cloned after it died and they like they loved it and it was fabulous and it was this wonderful pet for them and uh they cloned it and then it was bad and it would like kicked them in the face and some guy had to have surgery and whatever and the owner is like now can you please accept like that this is not the same animal and he's like no i won't not until it's the same age as we got when we had chance and so he wouldn't accept that like it was different it was kind of like this animal is kind of like no i'm my own thing yeah you know? just like a twin or whatever but wow anyway it's one of the best that's episodes. great. Um, that's great. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, so basically, that's just it. Great series, too. Anyway, uh, this one is a sequel to the sequel of uh, Early Edition when uh, they go out to the high seas and they're yeah. like basically the pirate yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. what happens is one day they just want to, they're just done with it all. Like they realize all of their efforts. They've tried to Early Edition out of some like massive, horrible thing that happened, but they can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And they just all walk into the sea, March of the Drowned. <laughs> And that's okay. the end of the series. This is a sequel to um, to early edition that goes the other direction. <laughs> where eventually he wants to know where these papers are coming from. And he's determined that, you know, um, he he just needs to know. Yeah. And so he, he goes on a search. Um, and do you know it? It's one of those movies where it turns out it's all about the journey. Yeah. Um, because he never finds out about where the early edition comes from, but he does find out more about what compelled him to be the kind of person who would do something good as opposed to do something bad. (gasps) That's great. Uh, It's called Deep Root Waters. Finally, we have another, uh, uh, sort of, uh, sequel to I... Robot, what is it called? High Origins. High Origins. In which a a high holy person decides to reincarnate. They have the same technology that of the, you know, to access all of the artists and get them reborn. All the martyrs from across time who have died in the name of their religion. And um, 
tries to get them all back at the same time. As you can tell from Megan's expression, it does not go well. Yeah, that sounds uh, like it's going to go very poorly. At all. Yeah. At all. Yep. Bishop of the Bloodstained. It's a good well, title. Well, Ben, I hope you still enjoy movie pitches. I got to say this, though. I'm definitely going to watch both of these things now. <laughs> Like, yes, there's just like, no way. Origin, oh, my God. You know what's going to happen at I Netflix? Like, they're going to be like, there's a sudden spike of people watching Eye Origins. We don't understand it. Oh, man, everybody. Like, we noticed a lot of people have been ordering early edition. We better reboot that series. <laughs> the power of the MTA nation. <laughs> I don't even know if this is on Netflix, but. I doubt it. I don't. We're going to find it. I don't think. Any, I don't think any oh broadcast service is going to pay for the rights to broadcast early edition. Okay, well, here's what's going to happen. We're going to check these things out before our next out episode, and yeah. we're going to get back to you about we both really of these things. We really are. Because Maria this is might important. be getting back to you about iOrigin. I don't know that I'll be <laughs> tuning in for that one, but I sure will be there well, look, for every episode of early edition we've, that we watch. We've got to let the people know, you know? Yeah, we It's really our do. service to you. Yes. <laughs> so... Get ready for that, or don't. <laughs> well, everybody, that's this edition. That no. wasn't early of Magic no, the Amateur. It was right on time. <laughs> that's this on time edition. Thank you once again to everyone who supports the show through Patreon. It really, uh, we can't ever express how much it means to us. You keep us able to produce this show. And thank you to CardKingdom.com. Remember to use our affiliate link, CardKingdom.com slash MTACast, and ask for a sticker in your order, and they will send you one too sweet. So thank you to them for being our amazing sponsor, as always. Get some of that amazing customer service. As always, you can listen to us by opening the mouth of your broadcast cat and mm-hmm. tuning it appropriately. Or broadcast dog, which not all dogs yeah. will get us, but uh, some true. will. The cute ones. You know, I feel like every time I do a stand-up set, none of the dogs get <laughs> Okay.